Good afternoon, saints. We have sang, we have prayed, we have given our offerings. Can you do me a favor and stand? Do a little different this afternoon. Stretch our legs as our hearts and minds prepare for God's word. This afternoon, as you follow along, if you have your Bibles open, I'll be reading from Matthew 13, verses 44 through 52. In your pew Bibles there, if you're using that, it is on page 14. Let us indeed go to the Lord and thank him for his word. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who, on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that has thrown into the sea and gathered fish of every kind. When it is full, men drew it ashore and sat down and sorted the gift into containers, but threw away the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood these things? They said to him, yes. And he said to them, therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. Beloved, this is the word of God. Please have a seat. I'm going to stand down here today because uh, I want to see the kids. Boys, girls, it is great to have you with us. I've been looking forward to today all week long, just the thought of having all the children in here with us to worship. Just incredible joy. Thank you, kids, for being here. Hope you enjoy it. Did everyone get a crossword puzzle sheet when they come in? The kids, any kids not get one? If the ushers can watch the hands that are up, that's great. That's just to help you along and, and maybe you can fill that in as you go or when you get home you can work on it with your mom or your dad. Uh, we hope that it will, it will help you to remember some of the things that we're going to talk about today. I think probably all of us really, really enjoy stories about kingdoms, kings and queens and princes and princesses. I always have a hard time saying that word. Princesses. Uh, we, we enjoy stories of kingdoms and with kingdoms there's adventure, there's castles, there's palaces, there's wonderful beautiful countries and there's just all kinds of joy and all kinds of wonderful things. Children and adults, I wonder if you knew, are you aware that this church 
and every church that knows and loves Jesus is a part of a kingdom. This church is part of a kingdom. We are citizens in a kingdom. This kingdom is called the kingdom of heaven. We just read about it just a moment ago. Or the kingdom of God. And, and in this kingdom of heaven, there is a throne. And there is a king sitting on the throne. And there is, I think, a castle, or the Bible calls it the Father's house. There is a wonderful place. And this throne and this kingdom are in heaven. And they show themselves. The king does, and the kingdom does, in the church, whenever Christians gather together. This church is part of a kingdom, the kingdom of God. And, and God is building that kingdom, God is expanding that kingdom, God is advancing that kingdom, and the Bible tells us that the kingdom of God is going to keep growing and keep expanding until it covers the whole earth. And when God is done building His kingdom, then the King, whose name is Jesus, King Jesus, is going to come back and He is going to establish an eternal, never-ending kingdom for us to enjoy. This church, and that means children and adults, if you know and love Jesus, you are a part of a kingdom. The kingdom of heaven. In the passage that we just read together, there are four truths about the kingdom that I want us to just notice quickly and simply. And they all start with the letter W. Those that know me know that I like to do this kind of thing. So, so there is the worth of the kingdom. There is the work of the kingdom. There is the warning of the kingdom. And there is the wealth of the kingdom. Can you, can you say those after me? There's, there's the worth of the kingdom, the work of the kingdom, the warning of the kingdom, and the wealth of the kingdom. Just follow as I talk about these for a few minutes. First of all, there is the worth of the kingdom. In verses 44 through 46 of Matthew 13, keep your Bibles open, we read this, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and he buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and he bought it. Jesus is saying here that the kingdom of heaven is like a great treasure. This today is uh, St. Patrick's Day, right? And uh, whatever. How many Irish folks are in the room here? Okay, there's a decent percentage, okay? Uh, these folks gave us things like leprechauns and pots of gold and this kind of thing. And it's just 
coincidental that we're talking here about a man who's in a field and he kind of finds a pot of gold. He, he, he finds this great treasure. And, and when he finds this great treasure, he realizes that this, this is a huge treasure and it's so huge that he is full of joy and he runs home and he sells everything he has so that he can go and buy the land that the treasure is in and have the treasure for himself. And then Jesus talks about another person, a merchant. That's just somebody who buys and sells things. And, and this merchant found a pearl of great value. He, he found this precious pearl. And it was, so, it was so beautiful and it was so big and it was worth so much that he went home and sold everything that he had so that he could buy that pearl. Jesus is saying to us that the kingdom of God is that valuable and even more valuable. Let me, let me ask you a question. If you had a $1 bill and I had a $5 bill, all right, and I came up to you and said, if you give me your $1 bill, I'll give you my $5 bill, would you do it? I think you would. Because the $5 bill is worth more than the $1 bill. Right? It's a treasure greater than what you have. Let's say that everything you owned in the world, everything you owned, came to $50 of value, but you found a treasure that was $100 in value. Would you get rid of and sell everything you have so that you could have that $100 treasure? Yes, you would. Because $100 is worth more than $50. Now, let's imagine, you don't have to imagine, for this part is real. Let's imagine, let's think about the fact that there is a treasure that is so wonderful, so glorious, so beautiful, so magnificent, so big, that is going to last for so long that it's worth more than everything in this world. Would you give up everything you have in your life to have that treasure? Yes. Yes. And the kingdom of God is that treasure. To be a part of God's kingdom. To be, to be one who knows and loves King Jesus. More importantly, to know that King Jesus loves you. To know that He died for you. To know that He rose from the dead for you. To know that He's reigning as a king for you. To know that He's coming back for you. To know that He's given your life meaning and purpose and joy and significance and fullness as part of His kingdom. That is worth more than everything else in your life. And Jesus is saying the kingdom is worth you giving up everything to have Him. And so, are you willing? Or are you going to hold on to your dollar bill and say, no, I want to keep my dollar bill? Or are you going to hold on to the things you treasure and say, ah, I'm not sure I want King Jesus. I'd rather have, I'd rather just have my own life. Oh, my friends, I don't care how old you are. You can be three, you could be 300. This is 
something you need to think about. You need to think about, are you ready to give up everything to follow Jesus? That's the worth of the kingdom. That you give up yourself. You give up your pride. You give up your self-rule, your self-righteousness, your self-sufficiency. And you say to the king, you say to King Jesus, I want you and only you and my life is yours. That's what Jesus is teaching. He is teaching the worth of the kingdom. It's worth everything. Have you given up everything to follow Jesus? The second thing Jesus talks about here is the work of the kingdom. You see that in verses 47 and 48. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and gathered fish of every kind. When it was full, men drew it ashore and sat down and sorted the good into containers, but threw away the bad. There is work going on here. And what is that work? That work of the kingdom is casting a net into the sea and drawing in fish. When the disciples heard this, they would have thought back to Matthew chapter 4 where Jesus says, follow me and I will make you what? Fishers of men. Jesus is saying here that there's work to do in the kingdom. The work to do in the kingdom is to cast the net of the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ as far and wide as we can so that we can gather in people into the kingdom of God to share the joy with us. And notice that he says in verse 47 that the fish would be of what? Every kind. Did you notice that when, when, when it was read earlier? The fish are fish of every kind. What Jesus is saying there is that the people who are going to be pulled, drawn into his kingdom are not just white people. They're not just old people. They're not just young people. They're not just educated people. They're all kinds of people. Jesus loves to talk about this. He talks about it throughout the Gospel of Matthew over and over and over again that his kingdom is going to be a kingdom where all different kinds of people share the joy. And we have a little taste of that here, don't we? By the kindness of God. This is just a foretaste. Imagine heaven. Imagine heaven. But our responsibility now in the work of the kingdom is to go out these doors and make sure that we're casting the net. To make sure we're talking to people about King Jesus. The work of the kingdom is telling people about Jesus. The work of the kingdom is making sure people have heard, your neighbors, your friends. I loved what was prayed earlier by, by Leo in terms of you students in high school and in middle school to, to have the courage, to have the boldness, to, to stand up for Jesus. Cast the net. Let people know that you belong to Jesus, that you are one of King Jesus' followers. Tell them about the love of Jesus. Tell them about the death of Jesus for sinners. Tell them about the fact that King Jesus came back to life. Tell them about the fact that he's coming back again. And remind them that they want to be ready for that day when he comes back. There's work to do. 
Once again, whether we're five or whether we're 50 or 100, there's the work of the kingdom. And then, third, there is the warning of the kingdom. The warning of the kingdom. This is in verses 49 and 50. So it will be at the end of the age, the angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's so hard to read and think about parts of the Bible like this. This is sad work here. It is the work of angels at the end of time who are going to sort out who the good fish are from the bad fish. Who are those people who really love King Jesus and who are those people who are only pretending to love King Jesus? And it's sad because those that are only pretending to love King Jesus, Jesus says, are going to be thrown away like bad fish, fish that have no value, have no worth. Only where they're going to be thrown away is not back into the pond or into the sea. They're going to be thrown away into a scary place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, a place where there will be sadness and anger forever and ever. For that's what the phrase gnashing of teeth means. It's not talking there about pain and sorrow. It's talking about anger. And the people that are thrown away who are only pretending to love Jesus or not even pretending to love Jesus on that day are going to be judged and are going to be condemned to a place where they will be sad, they'll be weeping, and they will be mad. They'll be gnashing their teeth forever without ever, ever, ever being sorry or being forgiven. This is the warning of the kingdom. This is a reminder to us that we cannot ignore the king without paying consequences for it. We cannot pretend that the king isn't real. We cannot pretend that the kingdom of God isn't real. The king is real and the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is real. And we need to be warned so that we be prepared. I know, I know some people think that warnings are, are mean and nasty, but you understand that warnings are actually love, right? They're actually love. If, if, I, if I say to you, don't touch that stove. And I warn you, it's hot. Am I being mean to you? Or am I being loving to you? I'm being loving, right? Because if you touch the stove, what's going to happen? You're going to get burned. It's hot. And so a warning is actually love and mercy. It's actually us saying to you, if don't run out in the street because if you run out into the street, a car might hit you. Don't do that. Stay safe. Stay safe. Jesus warns us not because He's mean. Jesus warns us because He's merciful. 
He warns us because He loves us. He warns us because He wants us to be a part of His kingdom and to not be sad and mad forever, but to be, I wasn't planning on poetry here, but to be glad and joyful forever. The King is full of mercy, and He's saying to you, be ready. Be ready, I'm coming. Be ready. Become mine. There's the warning of the kingdom. So we have the worth of the kingdom. What's it worth? Everything. We have the work of the kingdom. What's the work of the kingdom? Cast that net as far as you can to draw in all kinds of people. What is the warning of the kingdom? If you only pretend to love Jesus and don't really love Jesus, then the day is coming when you'll be sad. And then finally, what is the wealth of the kingdom? Look at verses 51 and 52. Have you understood all these things? He asked them. They said to him, yes. And he said to them, therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. This is, this is talking about the wealth of the kingdom. It's talking about a treasure house of wealth. And what he's talking about here is actually the word of the kingdom, the word of God. Back in verse, earlier in chapter 3 and verse 19, he talks about the word of the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven has its own word, its own book. What is that book? Any kids? What's, what's the name of the book of the kingdom of heaven? The Bible, that's right. The kingdom of heaven has its own book, its own word. It's the Bible. It's the, the word of God. And Jesus tells us that there are people who are trained or they're disciples. He calls them scribes. That's, a, that's an old word. A scribe is, a, is somebody who reads and studies God's word. And Jesus says that a scribe who is trained or discipled in the Word of God, will be able to find precious treasure. He'll be, he'll be like a master of a house who has this treasure house, and he goes into the house and he brings out a precious treasure. And sometimes he brings out new things, and sometimes he brings out old things. But this treasure house is full of treasure. And Jesus is saying that the wealth of the kingdom is in the Word of God. That the Bible is this treasure house. So that those who are trained in the Bible, those who are equipped in the Bible, those who read and study and learn God's Word are like a master who can just bring out treasure and they can share that treasure with people all around. This is the wealth of the kingdom. It says something about the Bible, folks. How do you, how do you know when a book is a really good book. When you want to read it again. When you want to read it again. And when you read it again, you find new things. And then you find the old things that feel like they're new. <laughs> 
You find truths that you've never seen before, or you find truths that you've seen before, but they hit you like they're brand new, full of power and full of beauty. That's the Bible. You know a book is really good when you can read it over and over and over again, and every time you read it, you find something new. That's the Bible. Jesus is saying, there's wealth in my kingdom. It's a wealth of truth. Truth about God. Truth about goodness. Truth about love. Truth about holiness. Truth about life here and now. Truth about life to come. And this truth is old and it's new. You know, I'm getting older all the time. I'm 60 years old. Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> 60 years old. I became a Christian. I became a citizen in the kingdom of God when I was 15 years old. How many of you were 15 here? Any 15-year-olds? I see one. All right. That's how old I was when I came to faith in Jesus, when Jesus became my King and my Savior. And you know, for the last 45 years, do the math, for the last 45 years, I have been reading and studying and reading again and studying again the Bible, the Word of God. And you know what? Every time I read it, there's something old or something new that is precious. 45 years. That's how sweet and glorious the Bible is. That's the wealth of the kingdom. It will always give you something. Now, there may be times you read it where you don't feel like you get much out of it, but I'm here to tell you, keep reading it. Keep reading it. And the gold and the silver and the gems, you'll find them. You'll find them. And you'll realize how rich you are as a citizen in the kingdom of God. So we have what? We have the worth of the kingdom. It's worth what? Everything. We have the work of the kingdom, which is what? Cast that net as far and wide as we can to gather in those who need to know Jesus. We have the warning of the kingdom. We can't just pretend to love the king. We must really love the king. And we have the wealth of the kingdom. We have the written, wonderful word of God that the book of Hebrews says is living and abiding. It never dies and never gets old. And we as scribes, we as those who read it and study it, can find treasure in it day after day after day. So I close with the question, are you part of the kingdom? Don't be on the outside looking in. Jesus opens wide His arms. The King says, come to me. If you're weary and if you're tired and if you're feeling guilty and feeling like your life amounts to nothing, come to me. And I will give you rest, and I'll give you forgiveness, and I'll make you a part of my kingdom. 
and we'll live together forever. Forever. So, will you bow your knee to the King? He's worth everything, more than everything. Everything you've got, just give it up and say, I want Jesus and not that. So what is our commitment? Where are our hearts? May God make us surrender to Him. Let's pray. Our Father, thank You for Your Son, the King who loved us so much that He came here to earth to die for us, to, to pay the punishment so that we wouldn't have to go to that place where people are sad and mad. But we can go to that heavenly kingdom where all is joy. Thank you that he took our punishment. Thank you that you raised him from the dead. Oh, thank you that King Jesus is alive and on the throne. We look forward to the day, Father, when we see him and we'll be like him and we'll be with him forever. We pray in the name of the King, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Children, if, as you've heard this, you have felt something in your heart, like, I want to make sure I'm in the kingdom, that I belong to the King, talk to your mom and dad today about that. Ask them to explain it to you a bit more. Ask them to pray with you and to guide you so that you can know that King Jesus is your King and your Savior. And if, if you're not a child, if you're 60 like me or older or younger, now is the day of salvation. Now is the time. Right here where you are right now, you can, you can become a citizen in the kingdom of God by just surrendering your heart to Jesus right now. You can do it right where you are. And we'd love if you told us afterwards so that we could share a few moments of prayer with you and could encourage you in your new faith. But do it right where you are right now. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. I want to pray again specifically that the Lord would work in us in that way. Father, would you, would you please do this work? I, I know in a room this size, in a crowd this size, there are people who came in here not knowing the King, but who need to know Jesus. Would you please open their hearts? Father, humble their wills so that they will trust. As we, or I should say before we close, uh, we got a couple of things to share with you as a church family. Uh, the first is a video that has just come out that I know that some of you have seen, but we want to make sure everybody gets to see it and see it all at once. Uh, this is a video put out by our family of churches, Sovereign Grace. It's the most recent mission video. Uh, and as you watch it, I think you'll recognize a few people 
in it. Uh, and kids, keep your eyes open. See if you see anybody you know as we watch this video. 